Hello. We are back with a very interesting topic, and it's going to be funny, but really painful for some people. <laughs> for sure. Today is, we're talking about disappointing your family. It's inevitable. <laughs> Julie's such an optimist. <laughs> Not today. Um, I actually, talking about hitting, you know, talking about people and, and, and interacting with people in different zones, emotional zones in your life. So I always have a very calm zone that if someone comes in and says something mean or something happens, you know, you're not triggered at all because you just feel so safe and you're happy and get a great day and things are great. And then um, there are days when it's like, oh, this is hard. Oh, there's another hard thing. Oh. And it's step, you know, like back to back, just annoying things that are happening outside your control and getting to you. And you fall out of that calm zone and you fall into that zone where you're like, ooh, come on, buddy. Go ahead. Bring it on. I need to yell at somebody today. And so yesterday I was driving and I got out and it was like four phone calls in a row. And it was just like issues and problems and whatever I had to fix. And these, I was doing a firefighter situation. I was like, ugh. Then I hung up the phone and it was just like so daunting. And I was like, ugh. And it was ready maybe 9 30 p.m at that time and i was like god i just want to go to sleep and i exit my my regular exit and and my exit is you have to i'm making a right so the exit brings you into the left side of the street and there's four lanes until you have to make a right and you have to make it right within the same block so i have to be i have to cross four lanes in a very short period of time so i get to the edge of that and i stop and i look over and the person behind me holds the ho holds the horn down right Ooh. and he's like oh it wasn't one of those beep excuse me sorry i'm in a rush it's like honk you're so dumb you don't know how to drive and that's why i felt like right i was like oh so i pull over just enough where he he gets he gets enough where he could see my head so i roll down the window i literally caught my entire almost my my shoulder my shoulder the head are outside the window and i'm screaming not today. And, <laughs> and I go, are you? You know, and I'm, 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 I'm saying all these names to him. You drive that like just oh, I want some like low hanging fruit. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> but you think he just looks at me? His windows are all up. He just looks at me, squish, squishes right, you know, squishes right next to me, and just keeps going, and doesn't even blink. Like doesn't even turned to me just continued on his way and leaves leaves and I go man that guy is on a different emotional zone than I am clearly he was just like nah and he keeps going and I'm like halfway out of my window screaming and poke you know like 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 pointing at him and throwing my fist in the air and then nothing happens and I go um yeah maybe that's just I just need to get a reset real quick <laughs> what's wrong with the picture why was that guy not mad he was not mad at all that is funny i was in a situation similar once where uh i was trying to turn and i thought for sure i was gonna get the opportunity but uh the light changed and i was like hanging out in, oh. like over the line so these people started to turn and this guy like sticks his finger out the window and he's like F you. And I just started laughing. I was like, damn, I deserve that. 
<laughs> so you were in a good zone in your life at that moment in time. No. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. With traffic stuff, I feel like I've made all of the mistakes that you can make with traffic stuff. So um, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, mistakes happen. <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've done that before. You see somebody park, park like double park. Oh, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. Um. So was it that day in particular? Were you feeling like a disappointment to your parents? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing I feel more so secure with myself and my relationship with my parents that I don't really have that disappointing feeling anymore. Um, That's good. I had a lot as a child, and this is how I felt. Child in my 20s, especially. I was most insecure of myself. And I remember everything they said. I just I just overanalyzed it. And I was thinking, I want to live my life where I can make them proud. And I say it's inevitable that you can disappoint them because they grew up the generation before you with, with different beliefs, like a completely different belief system. And my parents were not... I'm raised in America, right? So they're born in a different country, in a third world country, war-torn country at the time. And they came here with a completely different perspective of life. So how am I supposed to make my decisions circa 2023 um, when, at you know, at age 39 and their age 39 was 30 years ago. So it was like, how can you compare those decisions to these decisions? Of course, there is a growth in decision-making in, in 30 years. So thinking that your parents are going to accept you for everything, it's hard for them because that's not what they believe. So I really want to separate, to our listeners, separate that they can't understand you because the tools in a toolbox they were using, you know, the, they were using, let's say, like sticks and stones to build things and we were using screwdrivers. So it's just a very, well, maybe not in 30 years. I'm a little angry. <laughs> I like it though. They're hunter and gatherers. Um, but you know, like in 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 that they're they're using different tools for the same thing. Um, and of course we're gonna end up w- with different outcomes. So we need to really separate the fact that my, our parents can't agree with us versus our parents loving us. Just because they don't agree with how we're living doesn't mean that they don't love us. Yeah, for sure. I think that, I don't know. I saw a video once on this um, psychologist out in LA and she was saying that uh, the greatest mistake that parents make is not loving their children unconditionally. And she said, what parents do a lot of times is uh, push their agendas on their kids. And when their kids don't meet their expectations, um, the kids feel unloved by mm-hmm. their parents. And so she was kind of saying like, remove your expectations and just love your kid for who they are and what their journey in this life is. And I cannot say that I have any idea what that's going to look like with me and my children. Um, but I do know that 
I make Liliana do karate because I want her to learn self-defense. And that was not her choice. And I also made her do gymnastics for a really long time because I wished that my parents put me in gymnastics. And he didn't like it. She liked it. What was her response? She always liked it. Um, She did quit for a little while and then she asked to go back. So she's back in it now. But um, the whole reason that I cared about her being in gymnastics specifically Mm -hmm. was because I was like, man, I wish I was in gymnastics as a kid. (laughs) Now, if she if she wants to quit, you know, I'm going to roll with that. But um, but I do understand from a parent perspective, kind of pushing your agenda on your kid and hoping for the best sort of. Yeah. It's hard. And I, I'm not a parent, so, you know, I'm just speaking. People are like, you can't speak. You're not a parent. Um, as a You're dog, a kid. Yeah. yeah. As a daughter, someone's child, uh, I do feel like there's that unconditional love. But I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm putting myself in my parents' shoes. And it's hard for them to accept a lot of things that I do. Because um, I'm kind of wild child, right? And, and I mistaken that for not loving me for so long. And once I was able to separate those two, our relationship completely changed. And my self-esteem exchange, it changed. Like I, I I don't depend on them for my self-esteem anymore. I can't. Yeah. I, you know, when I think about my relationship with my parents, I mean, um, my dad was always more relaxed about things. So he was kind of like, eh, she'll figure it out, you know? And my mom was definitely anxious and like trying to control. And, uh, but it's interesting because I think the only thing that my parents really cared about was religion. And Mm. I, I definitely disappointed them. And again, I think my mom more so than my dad in that department, because I am not religious at all. So, uh, But I don't know. I may have disappointed them. I'm sure I disappointed them in other ways. Uh, But they don't, I don't know. My mom in particular doesn't seem to care about much that I do. Like, it's never like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you're doing this or that. There's none of that. There's no like real praise for anything that I do. Do you say that she was trying to control you and be more a little more anxious? That was about the whole religion thing. So when she felt me pulling away from religion she went berserko and tried to control everything like I was like 21 years old and she was trying to tell me I couldn't spend the night at my friend's house Ah. (laughs) like I remember her telling me well I want your friend's parents phone number and I was like mom I am an adult what are you talking about I'm not doing that and you're in college at that time right I was in college yeah (laughs) I was was living in the dorms the first two years of college and then the third year I switched schools and so I moved home and my mom like could not handle that I was an adult and could make my own decisions at that point and she would threaten to take my car because she knew that I was drinking and smoking weed like a badass you know (laughs) so uh she was like I'm taking your car uh it was like so much fighting and battling Mm. what but when did she feel like you were pulling away from religion because you being an adult doesn't necessarily mean that you're moving away from religion that doesn't that's not 
direct correlation. No, I told her. I told her about how things were changing for me. Oh, uh, okay. Because I went to a Christian college for the first two years of school. And after the first year, I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. But oh. I didn't really plan to go anywhere else or look into anything else. So I kind of was like, well, I'll come back here for a second year and then figure out where I'm going. And so <clears throat> that whole second year of school, I knew I wasn't staying there. And um, I, I'm quite sure I was talking to my mom about all of those things that I was realizing and that I didn't want to be a part of anymore. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So that was probably like the biggest disappointment. And then I don't know, we repaired once she let go and like, let me be an adult and do my thing. We repaired and I felt like she, her opinion mattered so much to me. Like even when I met Sebastian, it was very important to have for to me to have my mom's approval of him. Um, but after he and I got together, my relationship with her deteriorated and it was definitely a journey for me to get to a place where I didn't care what she had to say anymore. How did you get there? A lot of therapy. I was angry with her for like a solid two years. So it took wow. some time. Yeah. During no. those two years, you were just working on you. And then it ended up being like, oh, uh, if I want a relationship at all with her, I need to just let go of this. I mean, I I wonder if my therapist would ever come on here. It, she can tell you that I, my mother has been the topic of conversation in our therapy sessions for years, for years, child. So, uh, but I was super angry at first and it was taking me a really long time to work through the anger. And I was really like disappointed in myself and um, frustrated and all of those things and exhausted because anger is exhausting. Um, and I did a lot of journaling and, and all the things, right. I was in therapy and I was journaling and trying all these different tactics. I wrote her a letter once. Oh my God. I wrote her like the meanest letter ever. I burned it immediately. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but nothing was like completely relieving the anger. And then one day it just like changed no like really quick and I remember in graduate school my professor telling me that when things change really quickly like that it's usually because you've been doing a lot of work and so it's kind of like all the work that you've been putting in cognitively behaviorally whatever just like clicks one day and you're just like oh I get it now that that honestly is very similar to a snooky <laughs> That's a good intro. <laughs> Snooky, as you all know, is a nickname for a character or an actress, I guess, or I don't know, reality TV, a reality TV show called Jersey Shore. So Snooky was very heavy set. And she said on her, I guess she was going through, she's like, I want to start working out, getting a better body. So she was documenting this on her social media. And for the first six months, didn't lose a pound. But she was working out every single day and she was changing her diet. And she said, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, hello. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, at least water weight. What's going on? Then at six months, it was like waterfall. A ton of weight was shedding off when she wasn't doing anything different. So going back to your cognitive training, 
you had to like go through because because when you first started you probably like a kindergartner right and the kindergarten doesn't have really if you're, we're using like the strength then we don't have the strength to push down this wall or, or let alone even you know like like push a tire down the wheel a time the hall um hill or something so we need to train our brain to have the tools in our toolbox number one but have the strength to understand everything to, and then all of a sudden it's like okay oh, all these pieces and all of a sudden the puzzle starts getting put together so I actually believe that a lot I think that completely makes sense yeah I believe it too and I feel like I've experienced it with other things too uh <laughs> like actually the reason my professor said that to me was because when they were teaching us about meditation I was having a really hard time understanding how like you're not supposed to let your emotions control you but you're supposed to acknowledge your emotions and let them be there and that just didn't make sense in my head. And so he and I were talking about it one day and he said something and all of a sudden it clicked for me. And I was like, oh my God, I think I finally get it. And he was like, see, you've been doing work. Mm, I love so, it. I definitely think, and I think Oprah calls it an aha moment. <laughs> an oh aha my. moment I, that you uh, have. I, I didn't think about that. That's so true. She's like, oh, aha moment. There's an aha moment coming and. I have a lot of those, but if you think about it, right, like these millions of uh, motivation speakers, these quotes, these songs, these everything, when a song or a quote hits you a different way, that might be like, oh, the student became the teacher. Like, I finally understand what that means. I, I just finally understand what it means, or I'm understanding it differently than I ever was. Yeah. yeah. I get <laughs> is this an aha moment <laughs> we're having an aha moment about aha moments that's amazing <laughs> um it's going back to the the subject matter i was telling julie before the call that i spoke to one of my um, employees yesterday and he was telling me his story is somewhat similar to julie's in the sense that his parents were immigrants when they came to the u.s they had no money and they built a successful life for themselves. And now he is taking the journey of more of like a spiritual healer. And his parents don't understand that. And I don't know if you've ever met anybody who considers themselves a spiritual healer. But a lot of times spiritual healers don't like to take a lot of money for their services. At least initially when they're first warming up to the whole idea. Because they, they feel like it's it's counterintuitive. Like why would somebody pay for this kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Or why should I charge for this? Mm -hmm. um, but you know, everybody has to make a living in capitalistic world. So some healers come around to charging people. <laughs> um, but so that was his big dilemma. Like my task or my mission, I feel like in life is to be a healer and I don't expect to get rich doing that. And my parents don't understand that my parents like pressure me and want me to do something different. And so I was telling him and Julie um, completely affirmed that everybody's path in life is different. And our parents aren't always going to understand the path that we're meant to take. And I think about my own father, whose family um, was very different from him. And he was like, his dad's like a hunter and a uh, drinker and super fun. I, I loved him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
but my dad was like a musician and like I don't know he liked to be in the woods and he wasn't a killer he was more of a peaceful kind of person yes so my grandfather didn't really understand that and from what I hear wasn't very kind to him because he was so different um my grandpa I never saw any of that like I never noticed any of that uh but that's what I've heard from people in my family so you know this is like I think you're you were spot on that generationally there's just going to be some things your parents aren't going to understand and then you add immigrants on top of it and you add a different culture on top of it and different values and beliefs maybe different religion like in my situation there's just some things that they're just not going to be capable of understanding absolutely and it's not at the same time I, I also want to take away blame like, I feel like, especially this can- uh, cancel culture, right? Blame, blame, blame. We're just heavily trying to blame somebody. It's like, maybe it's not, it's not their fault that they blink, uh, that, that they think a certain way. It's not our fault that we think a certain way. It just, think about it. Like, we're immersed in a um, world that's very different from theirs. So it's, it's going to create some belief systems. We ourselves are born with a certain per- uh, character. Um and attitude you know like just when you when um alicia talks about her daughters you know like two same parents same mom same dad two very different characters right Mm -hmm. male and they're both within the same uh similar similar ages and in the same household so they they right supposedly they see the same things growing up but they're so different and and it's like virtue nature versus nurture so who could you, how can you say it's someone's fault for having a certain belief system, right? And and if they believe in a certain way, give them the liberty of believing it. And if they're okay with believing it, why do you have to change it? It's, isn't it about acceptance? Even though it doesn't mm. make sense, accept that they don't, they don't agree with you. And if you think that's wrong, then I don't know, whatever, you believe it's wrong. But is it really wrong? Is that just, that's really just subjective to opinion. Um, mm you break it down to that and you just realize they are doing the best that they can do with the you know tools that they have from the culture that culture and time and generation and everything that gave him them those tools it was very different before oh yeah i mean your parents in particular you know war-torn country uh i have another client whose parents were uh refugees from a war-torn torn country and What's that? My parents were too. Oh, they were refugees as well. Um, so that is definitely a totally different mindset when you're when you've experienced war. That's gonna have a a great impact on you. Actually, while you were talking about the blame situation, I was thinking about a conversation that I had with uh one of my military clients, and we were talking about war. And we were saying that everybody thinks their side is right. Mm, Keep going on that. Okay, go. So no matter which war you're fighting, typically you feel an alliance to your side and you believe that your side is correct and the other side is in the wrong. 
And that justifies killing the other side. And, and it's a mindset that you almost have to have because otherwise I'm sure there's a lot more, I mean, not that people don't feel bad about murder anyways. A lot of times that's part of the PTSD from the military. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, you have to give yourself some kind of justification other than my boss told me to do this. And one of the stories that we tend to tell ourselves is that we are right, that our side is correct and we're right. But the other side believes that just as firmly, usually, you know. Right. Um, and so uh, when it comes to war, and from my perspective, which is easy to say because I've never been to war, just let's, let's be clear. Uh, but from my perspective, it's not about what's right or wrong. It's just about surviving. And that would be my mindset if I ever had to be in war. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to protect my own life because it doesn't matter. This is where we're at. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing for our parents. You know, it doesn't matter if our parents are right or wrong. This is the reality of the situation. They believe differently than me. And it's not, it doesn't make you wrong. doesn't make you less than, like, doesn't make you less lovable. It just is means that they don't agree with the topic. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that my older sister tried to have this conversation um, regarding her daughter who's gay. And my sister doesn't agree with that lifestyle. I'm using quotes. <clears throat> um, to me, from my perspective, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Like, what do you mean you don't agree with it? Um, but that is just my opinion, right? And she's entitled to her opinion. And she has said to me, just because I don't agree with her lifestyle does not mean I don't love her. And it doesn't mean I can't love her partner, whoever her partner is. And mm -hmm. she was like, I will treat anybody that she brings to, to meet me with the utmost respect because that is who I am. And that is how I feel about people in general. But for my belief system, I don't believe that's okay. And I'm, I should be allowed to have my belief just like anybody else can have their belief. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You can have your belief. It's it. And she knows that she and I disagree about that subject in particular. And from what it looks like to me, she and her daughter have been able to still have a relationship, despite the fact that she's been very clear that she disagrees. Of that. And I think that that's very different from, you know, cancel culture, or whatever it is now. It's like you have to believe this. Some people group really conservatively and they don't believe this, you know, and it's like. And you're trying to force them to believe something that is, you know, now accepted in our world today. Um, and it's just hard for them. But if you have that conversation and, and just say, I don't believe it, I, I guess, I, you know, I, I can't do anything about it, but I don't really believe it. That That's really all it is. And it brings people together versus like the daughter going, no, you're, I'm not going to introduce you to anybody until you start believing in what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, but daughter said, okay, great. That's fine. That's all I need. Thank you. And the mom wasn't like, you need to change your way and start bringing boys home or yeah. I'm not going to, 
You know what I mean? Like, like if you think about it in both ways, they just accepted that they believed differently, but they accepted the situation and they're still going to continue to love each other. And that's, mm-hmm. I really, really want, I would want to see that more happen more often, you know? Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, I think that it's gotten really sad that we can't associate with people who don't believe the exact same as us. And it doesn't mean you have to have like conversations or arguments with people about the fact that you don't believe the same. You, you can have a relationship and love each other without ever discussing these things. (laughs) Like they don't need Mm -hmm. to be a part of your regular conversation, (laughs) at least from my perspective, I feel like, um, and, and we, we should be understanding of the fact that Oh, there was a really good video I saw. Um, I love to watch Harvard lectures. And this one Harvard class likes to debate different points. And in this particular lecture, they were debating abortion. And this girl stood up and she said, I used to be uh, pro-life and now I'm pro-choice. She said, but I can understand the people who are pro-life because from their perspective, it's murder. And it's how can I convince someone that this is not murder? Like, it doesn't matter how you slice it to them. That's how they're going to view it. And that is a moral issue to them. And she was talking about how, you know, some people say that there should be a separation of church and state. But for these people, this is like, this isn't about church and state. This is about murder, which is something we all agree is wrong. (laughs) Or at least most people agree is wrong. (laughs) Right. So uh, I think it's very good for us to be able to stretch our minds to understand other perspectives in that way. And it doesn't mean that you're changing your mind and now you're pro-life. It just means that you're like, okay, I can see your perspective. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying that I'm betraying my own beliefs by um, hanging out with a person that didn't believe in abortion I was pro-life and I'm pro I'm pro-choice and if I hung out with somebody that's pro-life which I've actually had friends are very pro-life and I just choose to prioritize the relationship more than I prioritize the belief and because I that's how they described it they're like it's still murder you're still killing a person well I guess that's true it's two different things I believe in just having human rights uh, women's rights and you believe that's murder so we there's nothing to argue i don't I, I you don't not believe that we should be limited right women should be limited but you also but i also don't not believe you know i do believe it's murder that makes sense of course it was alive now it's dead you know what i mean <laughs> because we chose like yeah okay i can see that but for me i prioritize women's rights more than i prioritize what right murder <laughs> whatever (laughs) sound very good Uh, well i think a lot of people who don't view it as murder because they're like it's a lump of it's a cluster of cells it doesn't even have a heartbeat even if it does have a heartbeat it doesn't have a brain you know so there's there's that big there's that portion of the argument um but other people obviously can it's an argument that that there is no winning because where do you say that life begins you know right and then back to the parenting you know like you're I feel like I'm not betraying myself when I hang out with uh, you know those friends um just like when you're trying to get over the pressure from your parents you don't need to betray yourself and start believing 
what they believe. You don't have to believe that you are a loser, that you aren't living up to it, that you that maybe your decisions aren't great because maybe, you know, your bank account isn't so great. Or maybe, you know what I mean? You're like, it got den- your card got denied for the fifth time today. God damn it. I just want to buy a box of strawberries. You know, <laughs> you would say strawberries too. You're hilarious. <laughs> well, I want the bushel of kale, buddy. That's all I wanted. Um, but you know, I mean, and, and I'm sure all those bogged down to the fact that, like, oh, maybe I should listen to my parents. Maybe I should betray what I believe makes me happy by doing what society and my parents make me happy so that I can be accepted so I can have money you know for the sound baths and my my couple massage <laughs> um, so, I have, so I could but you know sometimes the the less the road less traveled is the harder one you know That's it's right. not paid it's not beautiful it doesn't have lights over it it doesn't have you know it doesn't have a path you're literally going through grass and and trees and this and rocks and it's you have to create it and of course that's so much harder yeah. Of course it's harder. But if it me if you really believe in it, then it's worth it. I agree. And I think that distinction that you're making is really important because we can stretch our minds to try to imagine someone else's belief system and and um and how they might think the way that they do, but that doesn't mean we have to change our beliefs. And I do think this is also this kind of leads down the trail of learning to trust yourself and learning to trust in your own journey. I like it. Keep going. I like it. <laughs> Julie got all excited. Her face just lit up. Um, because like we're saying, everybody's path is different. Everybody has, and maybe some people's path is to follow the road that everybody else is on or the road that's um, better paved, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, and then other people are they're out there to blaze a new trail. And if nobody's brave enough to do that, then what? We're all just going to be doing the same crap all the time. That's boring. So somebody has to blaze a new trail. I mean, we wouldn't have the United States at all to be to refugee anyone if there wasn't somebody blazing the trails to to get here in the first place and then to get out west where Julie's at. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole freaking journey who played Oregon trail when they were little i did yeah who beat it i never did no I always tried. does anybody beat that game i'm not sure ground in the river every time it's like you got a cold oh somebody died it's like oh no i'm quite sure i would have died i probably i would have been the one getting into the bad patch of berries <laughs> Alicia, get away from the poison ivy. Huh? <laughs> Alicia, get uh, What? <laughs> no, but what I got super excited because you were talking about self-judgment, like your your security with your own judgment. Maybe it has to do with that. Maybe it has to be like this doesn't feel like I believe in this, but I'm I'm not sure. And that not sure gray area is the time is a place where you're like, oh my God, maybe my parents are right. That gray area allows the doubt to come in, right? Because if your door's a little bit cracked, you're like not fully shut. You're not fully like on board, man. I'm doing the spiritual journey. I'm going to be, I'm going to play, you know, singing bowls for the rest of my life. I'm done, right? 
I, and I'm all about that because I would hire you in a second. Come on over to Cali. Um, and, but if you crack it open and you allow the doubts to come in, like, are you sure you want to do that? Um, can you pay your rent this week? Um, you know, how, how don't you want to have fun with your friends and they're going to Coachella and it's $350 a ticket and it's blah, blah, blah. And it, you know what I mean? Like we're in a communist, not communist. We're not in a communist. We're in a capitalist. This is Oops, slip of the tongue, slip of the tongue. And, um, you know, so you do need money to survive here. So it's those little dots that peek in and say, are you, is this, is, are you sure there's a path for you? Mm-hmm. And so that makes you feel like, oh, I, I can't really believe in this as much. And then instead of believing in this, you switch to, I can't really believe in me because this is failing. So I'm failing and my parents are right. But man, that, but. that may be true. And I do think um, there's, we have to be realistic with ourselves. But I also think that, you know, if you decide, for example, the capitalistic society isn't for you, go off grid or go to another country, you know, yeah. because one of my clients, for example, complained about capitalism all the time finally um moved off grid to hawaii and she is happier than a pig in mud like she is so happy and i'm like this is so beautiful to see you so happy because obviously you found the a path that works for you and there's a, a i see a lot of um videos on tiktok of people who are creating like not well, I guess you could say communes, essentially, where like a group of friends are getting together, moving off grid and uh, growing their food and helping each other build their tiny houses and working together to have a more simplistic life. And so if capitalism isn't for you and it's really causing you misery or, or causing you to feel like you're failing, then you have options now. You know, there's countries that will pay people to move to them because their population is getting so low. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know they are paying them to move there. I thought they were paying them to have more babies. No, there's countries that'll pay you to move there. And then there's um, the fact that, for example, in Italy, they say the average income is $30,000 a year. So you can move to Italy and have a what we would consider not even a livable wage in the United States and do well for yourself. So there are ways that you can make your life work for yourself no matter what your goal is. Wow. How it is $30,000 a year, but they have um free healthcare, right? Free healthcare, yeah. So standard living but when I go to Italy I feel like it's so expensive. Is it not expensive? I mean, I'm sure parts of it are. Yeah. You know, just like here, like New York City is more expensive than Tampa, for example. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I'm pretty sure L.A. is more expensive than Tampa. I know. We actually, um, they said since COVID to now, we're the number one county. So Los Angeles County has the fastest decreasing has the largest decrease in population since COVID. Wow. 
because I think it's it's the homelessness. You know, it's, it's gross here now. Mm-hmm. Well, New York's not looking so hot either. So, but oh. that's a whole other story. <laughs> and every- <laughs> this did the other day, and it's just like, oh my god! I saw I saw like multiple people shooting up. I was like, oh my god! And I literally I look like left and right, and I'm like open, looking over my shoulder. Is this for real? Is this for real? Like, and everyone's just walking by like it's normal. But I'm like, oh, is this for real? This is not in a movie. This is not getting video. This is not filmed, right? Is it? Is it? Is it? I just couldn't get over it. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, I have to say, I haven't seen that in New York myself, but um, I don't doubt it in the slightest. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <clears throat> so uh, getting back to the, the message, I definitely feel like there isn't right or wrong in this life. There's just figuring out, figuring it out. I, I look at life as like an experiment. Like if this is my goal, how can I make this happen? No. And then also, like I had goals when I was in my twenties, in my teens. Uh, you know, like when you're when your goal when you're first grade is like, I'm going to get to the cookies before mom sees me. That's my goal today, right? Obviously, when you get older, it changes, and that's just an extreme case. But when you're in your twenties, like I want to grow up and I want to be this, and if it changes, that's okay. Just like you know, everything is just going to change. And just like what your parents are going to think of you, they today, how they feel about your profession might change 10 years from now, five years from now, and they might see how happy you are and how happy you become. And maybe go back to your friend that moved to Hawaii. I bet you her parents are like, what you, you, we're not going to see you anymore. Where, where are you going? Like, oh, I'm going to um, be a farmer in Hawaii or something. It's like, wait, what? And I'm sure at that time, it's like, this, this doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't approve. But when she got there and now she's she they've never seen her happier. And let's say she was going through depression, for example, and they and she had no motivation to leave the, the her bed, right? And she would sleep, you know, 16 hour days or whatnot. This is an extreme case. But then now her parents visit her in Hawaii and it's like, Do you know what? I was wrong. Look how happy you are. I'd rather have a child that smiles every day and so grateful for the sun to come up. Mm-hmm. You know? Versus that other direction so just because they think of a certain thing today doesn't mean they they're gonna believe in that forever that's true and we have to remember that the number one regret of the dying is not living my life for myself really yeah that's the number one by far their research showed there was like i think there was the the top five or the top seven regret of the dying i can't remember exactly which number it is but the, the number one regret was the the like the majority of people had that regret. Wow. There's a book about this person that was like, you know, she worked in she was a hospice nurse for like 20 years or something. And she wrote the top five um, regrets of the dying from all her patients over the years. Um, I think that was one of them. The other one was I wish I, I was more loving, like to my friends or my family or, you know, what I mean, just out outrightly loving mm-hmm. uh, i remember they say i wish i did more like I, I i i regretted not doing things more than i did things yeah yeah i remember when i was like oh man that's a good one yeah I I, i'll do it tomorrow but how if i die today my kids really like this song from sing too 
And apparently it's a redo of an older song, but the first line of the song is like so awesome. And it inspires me. It says, uh, I'd rather go out in a blaze of glory than be an untold story or something along those uh, lines. Uh, yeah. Who's the original songwriter for that? I don't know. It was like some rock band from like the 80s or something. Oh, I love it. I tried to listen to the original and I didn't like it as much as the same version. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name of the song? Uh, could have been me. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. I love, I love that. Isn't that That's great? Cute. Yes. And wow. I feel that way. Like if you try and you fail, at least you tried, and at least you tried to do something different. And usually, I'm... out of our failures come great lessons. Absolutely, absolutely. And you never know. You never know what you don't like until you do it. You go, oh yeah, you know what? I don't like this. Yeah, that's true. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a life of what if, right? So we're we're saying on this podcast, loud and clear, defy your parents, guys. <laughs> Except that you are a disappointment, and do what the hell you want. <laughs> don't stop. Can't stop. What is that? Don't. What's that? What's that Miley Cyrus thing? Don't stop, can't stop, won't stop, whatever, stop. But you would really, think that I would know since I know the sing two songs, but I guess yeah, I don't I, know. Miley Cyrus. I'm surprised you didn't sing that part for us. You know what? We're singing. We're missing the singing portion of our uh, podcast now presented by Alicia. <laughs> I think I got the line mixed up. That's why I couldn't sing it. Oh. <laughs> yeah got too nervous it's got to come naturally you know i should have like index cards of like lyrics that like uh, cue cards here we go oh god no but i don't think i don't think that we're saying be rebellious but i do think that we're saying you only get one life and there's no right way to live it so do what you think is best and you'll figure it out yeah, I agree. So we're going to end on that. I think that's a beautiful point to end on today. All Thanks right, for joining. See you next time. <laughs>